Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Yeah, you know. Yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, November 6, 2019. This is episode 88088 of Sherm in the Booth, and I am so excited to have these guys on the show. Twin brother duo Brian and John Garecki, better known as Birthday Party. That's two Ys on birthday and two Ys on party. These guys are on fire right now. I've been lucky enough to call them friends for the better part of five years, and I have so much respect for the hustle and hard work they've put in. They are some of the most genuine guys that I've met here in the Chicago scene and in the industry in general. They are so talented, producing, DJing, everything, their brand ability. I cannot wait to see where they go. But these guys, seriously, they are blowing up right now. I'm so happy for them. They've had releases on Spinning Records, Insomniac's Discovery Project. They've had their tracks supported by The Chainsmokers, Nightmare, and Don Diablo, just to name a few. They played festivals like Spring Awakening and EDC Vegas, and not to mention they're playing at EDC Orlando this upcoming weekend. Need I say more? Anyway, I was so happy to be able to sit down with these guys and went up to their studio and got to interview these twin brothers. They are so much fun to hang out with and I really, really enjoyed it. Anyway, let's get into it right now, guys, so you can hear it for yourself. Episode 88 with Birthday Party. Gentlemen, Birthday Party. Hi. Brian and John Garecki. Dude, I just want to start off by acknowledging I'm a huge fan. I know you guys like so no. I, I literally am. Like, I honestly like it's been just so amazing to see you guys grow. Like you know, from when you were who cares in high five. We were talking about like how did how do we like meet Sherm and then John told you about that like gig that you and Via booked him for. Yeah, a long time like, ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Right. As who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Well, as who cares? When I was terrible. Terrible, no, you, dude. You were a better DJ than fucking me for as sure. A yeah. I can picture, yeah. You were a good DJ, I was gonna say. You're definitely a good DJ. <laughs> well, that was a long that was a long time ago. But Many I mean months. I've seen you guys just absolutely blow up. There are all these milestones that like I thought of in my head when I was coming here today. There was, you know, when you guys actually did birthday party, you released Unwrapped, and then Chainsmokers reposted it and I was like, that's fucking dope. And then time went by and you kept releasing tracks, and then Don Diablo played your remix at Tomorrowland. And I remember seeing you at Spring Awakening, I was like this is the coolest thing ever, you know. And then now you guys are headlining Soundbar, playing huge festivals. The music's incredible, so. Thank you. Just want to start off with acknowledging that, man. It Thank really you. is incredible. You make this Chicago shit cool, you know? Like, you guys make Chicago Chicago. It's always been cool. We're trying real been hard cool. to not move to L.A. <laughs> yeah. Trying real hard. Has that been a topic of conversation? No, I mean, like, it, it's it's come up, but, like, I, I don't think we're, like, serious about it. We've been, yeah. ta- we've been talking about, like, you know, what would we do? And I think before then, we would probably, like, you know, get in the habit of every six months or every uh, once a year going there and just, like, airbnb it for, like, a week or a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would still be way cheaper, and we'd, you know, be able to you know, meet people and 
spend time out there as much as we need to. Yeah, well, you go out there for business too, right? Yeah, for like the day job stuff occasionally. Um, not so much anymore, but um, you know, I was out there recently. Um, but yeah, it's 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 good, and you can't deny the value of living in that city. But yeah, it's like, you know, do you want to be uh, a, a fish in a in a lake, or do you want to be a smaller fish in an ocean? Yeah. And like, you know, that's so. True. I feel like we can actually make a difference here. Yeah, I think the timing. The do you timing want to be a big right. fish in a small pond, or do you want to be a big fish in a pond where Skrillex is another fish? <laughs> <laughs> Skrillex is another fish. No one's ever said it like that. That's a very good point. I mean, it's the city where you go to take it to the next level. It's where everybody lives, all the famous people. But I mean, dude, you guys are Chicago guys. Like, you're born and raised here, right? Yeah. Well, the bubs. The yeah. bubs. The bubs. The bubs. The bubs. <laughs> We lived we we li- we lived between the suburbs and uh, Chicago our whole life. Yeah. Um, even like we didn't even go that far for school. We went to like NIU, which is like forty five minutes out. Yeah. Uh, from where we grew up in Naperville. Yeah, but you're Chicago till you die. Yeah. It's, it's in Chicago. your blood. It's in yeah. your blood. And I mean, like, um, it's it's like a huge part of like how we came out where we did. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've like you know talked about this in like other interviews where we like got into EDM in like the dubstep boom in like yeah. the late 2000s and then you know once we started getting serious about production and DJing kind of got introduced to the house roots of the of Chicago and um, from our friends that you know were residents out here and yeah. um, so kind of landing in between like our roots and the city's roots is kind of why, where we landed with like the bass house type focus and other bass and other house music along the way. Well, when did, like, music originally come into your guys' lives? Originally, and then, like, electronic music? We originally, I guess our first, like, real, like, getting involved in music, not just listening to it, was when we were eight years old, we started playing the guitar, like, mm-hmm. through this thing at our school. It was, like, in the mornings, like, there was, like, an hour, like, class that, that we got signed up for, like, playing classical guitar. Yeah. And then in, what, fifth grade, Brian picked up the trumpet to, like, play in, like, school band. You got a trumpet still? Um, and I hope in Naperville. <laughs> I, uh, still there? John's been trying to be like, yeah, dude, you should play on something. Get, we were just listening to brass tracks earlier, and yeah. I, there's no way that my embouchure is like anywhere near what it used to be, and I just have no no desire to do that. I would, yeah. like we, we incorporate brass-type stuff and, like, you know, uh, it's all disco and funk stabs and stuff. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna play the trumpet anymore. <laughs> well, like the 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 rise of like dubstep was really big in Chicago, and the Midwest. But I mean, the late two thousands, like you said, and then early 2010, 2011, Is that when you guys like started going to shows? No, it took us a while to start going to shows. I think. I think the first show I went to, like we got into it at like in like oh nine, and then like the first show I went to was like late twenty eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to some bass nectar show down in Bloomington, and that was even later than that. I think the first thing I went to was, I was like, maybe 20, uh, and I went to, uh, Steve Aoki, who did like a free show to college near really? my cousin's house. Uh, it, it was <laughs> weird, it was like, so it was like Real Big Fish, Big Boy, and Steve Aoki. <laughs> big Boy! <laughs> what style? At this free show yeah. at, uh, oh, was it Northwestern or Northeastern? I don't know, some, some college up by like Evanston area. Yeah. Um. And so my cousin, like, we were at this family thing, and my cousin was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave to go to this this concert. It's free, like, you want to come? I'm like, who's playing? He's like, Real Big Fish, Big Boy, Steve Aoki. I'm like, 
yeah, let's go. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a lot better than us sitting around here doing nothing. Yeah, of course. So we went to that show. And, yeah. Uh, this, I mean, it's all downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Was there a moment where, like, you two started DJing together? Or who, who really started getting into it? Well, EDM first. I guess the big one of the big reasons we DJ together is because Brian bought the equipment and yeah. I was too poor to buy the equipment. <laughs> <laughs> and so we just kind of like have always been doing it together. Yeah. So like, um, I mean, like, uh, I was kind of leading in in production in like the early um, in the early days, and John was definitely leading in like the DJing. Let's okay. go. You're still leading. Shush. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, uh, it, it's, the gap is closed. Um, but like, you know, I, I got like a tractor S4, um, and, uh, and like, I wasn't like really messing with it much. And like John like was, would play with it on occasion. And then I think you played some college party where you like, there was an S2 lying around. That was before you got your S4. That was before I got it. Okay. Somebody taught me how to DJ on this S2. Mm -hmm. Did you like tell me to get the thing? Yeah. Yeah, at, a, like, yeah. at this random party that I went to, like, right after, like, the summer after I turned 21. Yeah. And all my, like, friends that were there left me, like, and went to bars, and nobody told me my phone was dead. <laughs> so, like, I'm just stuck at this party. I had no idea where we were supposed to be staying. And so, like, I'm just chilling there, and some guy, like, walks away from the DJ equipment. And I was like, can I, like, like look at it see, like, what yeah. you're doing? He's like, here, I'll, I'll, like, show you what what's going on. And, like, wow. And he, he, like, he taught me how, like, the basics of DJing. Mm -hmm. We get, like, it seemed probably pretty weird at the time, but, like, having DJed as much as we have, we totally kind of get now why you just want to, like, pass the reins off to someone. Like, it's just, like, whatever. Like, okay, fine. Take over. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Once you've done it, uh, you're like... Yeah. yeah. So we had, like... something to someone else more yeah, than Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So we've always... We, we've, we'd already been, like, working our way into production, and then this was, like, about the point where we had some stuff that, like, might have been playable yeah most i was years. still in like my big room phase at that point that was like peak big room phase yeah um so that was like 2011 2013 in between 2013 years. yeah yeah 2013 yeah and then it was like right after we started like learning with dj we started working at this bar and uh like they, they had like live djs like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm -hmm. We um, met so many people from this bar out, out at NIU. This is how I met people like um, the Porn and Chicken guys, Zonic, yeah. uh, Good Sex, um, uh, RV Mal and Alex Kisloff used to go by Audio Velocity. We met Anamale, who we just played with. Yeah. Uh, we met briefly so, like Zebo. What was this place called? I don't called? know who else. Uh, Rosie's Roadhouse. It used to be called Rosie's Roadhouse. This is where still around. I met uh, Via. Really? Yeah. Wow. This is a fucking hot spot. It was. It was crazy. That place, we we owe our involvement in the Chicago scene to that place because, you know, meeting people like Zonic and mm -hmm. Porn and Chicken guys and um, uh, Kings of Class, mm -hmm. Tsunami and Bobby DiMaria. Yeah. Like, these guys. Jesus, who that's are literally, like, the, the scene. scene. Yeah. 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 The, I mean, the, 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 manager, the management that booked there really knew their stuff. And yeah. And really bringing, like, Good House and other dance music out. Um, and so, like, you know, we... we met all these people because we would uh, all party at our apartment afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we were bar backing and like after hours, yeah, <laughs> just getting absolutely blasted. People would set up speakers and, and go. And so, like, that's kind of how we built, started building these relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um, think Jeff was one of the people that DJed until, like, what, 8 in the morning? Oh, yeah. 
Like, he told that story when I had him on. Because I asked, I was like, when did you meet them? He was like, I was DJing, and they came up to me and like, hey, you want to <laughs> play a party? And he was like, yeah, I guess. Afters? I think that was the move, right? We were just say afters, either to, like, people or to, like, other people that were working. Yeah. Afters? And, like, our spot was, like, always the place because they could trash it like a frat house and they couldn't care. That's amazing. And it was, like, right there. It was, like, a three-minute walk. Maybe. So you guys are still in college at this point, then? Yes. Yeah. That was, like, our... Um, Junior year, right? No, senior year? Junior. Senior. Uh, one of those. It would have been junior, but you graduated early, so you were leaving after that. I didn't graduate early. I graduated on time. <laughs> no, you graduated, <laughs> no, you graduated high school early. Well, a semester early. Yeah, that still counts. That's still <laughs> But that early. doesn't put me like a whole ass year ahead. Anyways, doesn't matter. You are a smart guy, that's for sure. Thank Both you. are smart guys. Mm. That's reflector. When did you guys start producing? Like, when did you download Ableton? So, so Ab- oh, Ableton came later. Um, it was actually weird. So, I was listening to this podcast the other day, this dubstep producer called Oliver's. Yeah. It's really sick. He really sounded like Disciple, but he makes, like, kind of, like, wubbier, like, heavily oh, influenced by, like, 2010, 2012 dubstep. Okay. Um, but and still, like, a lot. So, he, he pl- told this story, which yeah. is, like, hours to the T. And... He said that he used to play in bands. We didn't play so much in bands like back in the day, but we played guitar. He played guitar. Mm-hmm. And he started recording on Acoustica Mixcraft, which is a free application, recording himself making guitar demos. Like, I used to do, like, uh, acoustic covers of, instrumental covers of, like, emo tracks. Like, a Day to Remember. <laughs> I have, like, an A Day to Remember acoustic cover that was, like, that's got, like, 60-something thousand plays on YouTube somewhere. It's floating around. Are you kidding? <laughs> I don't know. It was dumb. Holy so, so like shit. that, I did that, and then like, uh, that's where I got like the uh, kind of like started recording and working into it. Uh, made some like hip hoppy type beats in there, and then we got FL uh, Studio, <laughs> which we started with. Okay. And then it was only like in college that we moved over to Ableton. And I remember uh, I was at you some party FL in college. Hmm? Download FL like, well, I guess it was like right after high school before we left for college. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, and so, like, you know, I remember being at some party, and I, then I was t- talking with some dude about production, and the next morning I had a little sticky note that said Ableton on it. <laughs> and I had it on my dresser. Oh, my and, God. And it was just said Ableton. And I, like, it was, like, my reminder to download it. And yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, And so that's, like, what got me into Ableton. So we made the, the switch, and it was like, oh, shit. This is so Stuff much sounds better. <laughs> and what did you get? Or did you start uh, in FL Studio, too? I started in FL2. Well, I technically started in Cubase, like trying to record. Wow. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't hear that one very it often. Not I didn't fun. know that you did that. Um, learn something new every day. This is what we're here for. Yeah. See, I'm <laughs> mystery. Um, but yeah, I started in Cubase, uh, just trying to like record, like get, again, guitar stuff. Like, yeah. Um, and it, and then I tried FL, like when we wanted to do like some hip hop beats, and like once we figured out like that BSTs were a thing, and like and just like not having to actually record the audio yourself because <laughs> um, that's miserable. Um, and then once we, like, once I was trying to, like, make dance music and uh, I, I tried making some mashups because Blau was, like, a, a huge thing. Yeah, that's um, true. Blau was huge. And you got then, big off SoundCloud mashups. I, right? Toward, I, this came up recently, you could get famous off SoundCloud remixes. White Panda. White Panda. What was the other dude that was like a... Cap Slap. Cap Slap was the other... Dude, he was, we used to love them way back. He was a touring DJ. That's the shit that you would play at college parties. Yeah. Dude, we, mashups. We were in so much Cap Slap at frat parties. 
Lots. <laughs> the spring break mixes, like Milk and Cooks had that spring break mix that was basically an extended mashup. Yeah. But yeah, continue. You're, it's it's but, crazy. Uh, I, I realized that the pitch warping in FL is terrible compared to Ableton. And because, like, you couldn't, like, it wasn't easy. Like, I couldn't just turn a knob like you can in Ableton. Yeah, God, it's crazy in Ableton, man. So and so easier. I moved over to Ableton. And then I remember there was this one mashup of this old Dallas K track. Mm -hmm. uh, it was this remix of um, a feel? Ghost Beach track. Oh. Uh, yeah. That I mashed up with um, Royals and something else. Mm -hmm. And I was like pitching around these little like samples of the vocal. Mm -hmm. And I was like, shit, like at this point... I, like I can only just I can't do anything more. Like I have to just start producing my own like yeah. my own remixes. Like, yeah. And then probably I think the next week or so I started like really messing with like synths and like making my own remixes. You were in FL, right? No, in Ableton. You didn't do anything in FL? I did some stuff in some stuff in FL, but like I was at the point wow, where it was so like so long ago. I was at the point where it's like <laughs> like I can't do anything more with this whole mashup thing. Like I I gotta just. Like, I just want to go for it. Yeah, of course. With, with full, like, full yeah, I mean, that's what happened to all those guys. They can only do so much with the mashups. And yeah. That fad really... And Blau is, like, absurdly big now, which is awesome. He is. Yeah. He's absurdly big. I remember, like, I, I don't even remember what his first production was, but I remember the first time I saw a Blau production, I was like, wait, this isn't, like, a mashup? It just yeah. say, like, artist name, X artist name. Blau, like, you know, edit, you know, whatever. Yeah. This is, like, his own stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. And he's doing, like, progressive house. Like, yeah, it was hard. It was hard for a lot of those artists to get over that slump. Like, when I interviewed Win and Woo, because they had a ton of remixes that just, like... Those are other two other dudes that we met. Uh, was, they weren't Win and Woo yet, but... Uh, like, they, no, they, they just launched Win and Woo. They just launched Win and Woo. They went like, by, like, their first show Dirt, Dirty Noise or something is yeah. what they called. They really? Were before. They were called, like, Dirty Noise. And they... Yeah, so they those were other people that we met. Which, let's be real, that's a great name. That is actually pretty cool. Too close to Dirty Audio. Yeah, yeah that is true. Dirty Audio's been around for a while, too, but... Yeah. I mean, it's true. Like, those... They said, they're like, we didn't want to just pigeonhole ourselves. I asked them, I was like, were you guys making original music this whole time? They said no. And, like, it came to the point, like, we cannot make another remix. And then you get to the point where, like, you gotta make your own music. So how long after did Who Cares and High Five start, then? I don't even know when that started. That was... Shortly after starting to make stuff that was like actually playable, yeah, um, you know, I don't have like I I had another name that I had like one remix under, but I don't even want to mention it because it was so bad. Um, <laughs> it's floating somewhere too. It's floating somewhere. You'll never find it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jokes on you, mine are all hidden. <laughs> <laughs> but who cares? Um, yeah, no, that was just kind of like uh, we we wanted to leave the names like ambiguous and flexible and not like you know have it be a name that was too specific so we could do something, like, kind of broad with it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even know the reasons behind why High Five was. was maybe it's just, like, so it's friendly, friendly, and what? So it was, like, a dumb first DJ name? Dumb first DJ name. It's friendly. It's not too specific. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the USBs, yeah. too. That was nice. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. Well, that came later. That came as an accident. The, the rubber hand on the USB uh, came, like, randomly. I was at, uh, I think we were playing at like the Electric Forest um, uh, Artist Lounge the very first year we played in the Artist Lounge which was way before birthday party oh, yeah. uh, and someone just brought me like a rubber hand and I'm like okay that's cool and stuck the little <laughs> yeah, rubber hand yes. on the USB 
and that became a thing. Wow. So when, when did Who Cares come around then, too? Around the same time? Oh, no, way before that. Um, some friends were, like, having, like, a house party, and they, like, uh, wanted us to, like, come play, and they're, like, they were, like, actually, like, making a flyer for it and stuff. Yeah. Um, and... That's awesome. So they, like, they're, like, what, what, what do we put you, like, on the flyer as? And I'm, like... And so I, like, I messaged Ryan, and I'm, like, what do they, what do you want them to, like, put on this flyer for this thing, like, for us? <laughs> And he's like, he just goes like, who cares? Like, I'm like, okay, I'm having put who cares. Oh my like, God, like, that's how it happened? I'm not going by who cares. I'm like, okay, cool, I'll go by who cares. Oh, wow. <laughs> Didn't know that was the story. Yeah, it's real dumb. I always almost expected that one now that you said it. It's got to be dumb. It's yeah. a dumb name. You got to have a dumb story behind it. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys were releasing music. I remember you had that uh, No Pain remix with Jeff. That was a, that was a fun one. Was that what was your first? What was your guys' first releases under those aliases? Uh, that I, one, that one was that one got pretty big. Right. So I mean, I had a few. The earliest one that I have that's currently out, I think, is a bootleg of some G Easy lot of yeah. that or something. It was yeah, kind of that. that was like the first one that I made that like fit in what became the Who Cares style, like bassy house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, stuff, but like I re- released an original. <laughs> what you're high five. Did I say who cares? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Fix it in post. Fix it in post. That was like one of the first things that became the like the high five sound. Um, yeah. And uh, but I had like a big room original. I had like a a ripoff off of Porter Robinson's language that was like progressive housey. Uh, I had a uh, uh, you know some remixes. I entered a remix competition with like a melodic dubstep track. The first yeah. thing that. Uh, Zonic found of mine that like he really liked was like a melodic dubstep remix of uh, who did Gold Skies? Is that Dubs and someone? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Martin Garrix. Could be, yeah. So yeah. It, that was a, probably a oh, Sandy Randy. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. So Gold Skies, there was a remix competition. I like put in a did a melodic dubstep remix of. So like <laughs> I had a lot of stuff, but like definitely the earliest one that like stuck around as that was like a lot of that thing. Yeah. And then nice. for me was uh, I did this. It was like the first like remix that I finished, and I finished it like the day before our birthday, or it was our twenty third birthday. Um, or well, I actually finished it on the day of, and then we played it. It was our first time playing in Chicago that night, so like I wanted something original, to nice, do, or something of my own to play out. Um, and it was this remix of Talking Body. Yes, I still have dude, that one. I remember that. That was right around the time I met you. I still like the like the arrangement of it, but the mix down is just so bad. <laughs> but it, it was like so special for me because it like oh it one, must be one of my was that um, even mastered? I mean like one of my friends of uh, yeah it was mastered, but we barely knew what we were doing at that time. Yeah, of course. Um, and I, I mean, it was like the first time that somebody like heard my music. One of one of uh, my roommate at the time's friends like came up to me after and was like, hey that that like that one remix like. I really liked that track. Like, where like where'd you find it? I was like, oh, that's that's one of mine. And so it was kind of special for me. Like, yeah, absolutely. I, and it was re- really motivating. Like, I made something that somebody liked. That, yeah. That didn't know. Absolutely. I mean, you guys were having a lot of success individually. Mm-hmm. You know, like you were getting big shows. You guys were playing at major clubs. This music was doing really well. At what point did the birthday party idea come? Like, was this always kind of under the radar? 
No. Well, we, we started branding more together um, once we, like, started getting booked together. There was, like, one show that they were, like, someone specifically asked for both of us. Okay. And we hadn't really thought of doing it. And that. it wasn't back-to-back, it was and. It was, like... I think it was back-to-back at yeah. first. And, but then we realized, like, there's really not much reason for us to not do it. it yeah. It, it's it's going to, like, pull more. It's not like we were worried about splitting up the money. Like, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. had day jobs and... Right. Um, you know, everything was just kind of going back into like music and stuff. Um, right. So, so there wasn't really any downside. We started playing shows together. We did remixes uh, together, a couple of them. But so we did like an official remix for our buddy Control. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a couple. We did Bouchika uh, Wow Wow. Bouchika. That one's just Holy still blowing up on SoundCloud. Shit. It's got like two hundred thousand plus yeah. plays or something. Are you it's kidding? over two hundred thousand plays. <laughs> Ridiculous. By far our most successful track. I forgot about that. For song. some reason. That's crazy. Uh, and then we've got a remix of um, it's, it's Going, going down, down by Young Jock. Yeah. That, dude, I remember that. I still have that on my USB. That's like on all of my USBs for sure. It's, um, diver- it's a diverse track. So we, so we like. Play it out at the next festival. We <laughs> <laughs> um, so we like, we, we're like starting to do I'm this. And we like started. <laughs> We started like a couple more remixes, and we were like, we just okay. We just had a couple one. Uh, we we had a couple like tracks just built up, and we were like, I don't know exactly what point it like it it got you know we decided that we were gonna launch a project. Yeah. But we had so many songs built up, and we were like, what are we gonna do with these? When are we gonna put these out? And they just didn't feel right to put them out yet. They weren't like current songs, mm-hmm. so we could wait on them. Right. And. Then I don't know where did the idea. I know where the idea. Well, we kind of had this idea that we were gonna like do stuff together, and then um, like we we landed on the name, and it was just like, all right. Yeah. And we got real serious about the productions, and yeah. like, it, and and all of a sudden we had like all these tracks saved up, and we're like, okay, well, we need a we need a plan. Yeah. And so we planned out like uh, we. I mean, I didn't release any music for almost, or it was like a, I think a day under a year. You were guys pr- pretty radio silent, I remember. Yeah, because it was just like well, we were still annoying on social media, but just <laughs> but we weren't like SoundCloud silent. Yeah, but we weren't like big things coming soon. Like no, no, no not until at all. like a few days before. I remember, I remember it launched, and it was just like the branding was great, like the pictures, the media, the music. Yeah. I was like, holy fuck, this is what they. We thought we were gonna wear white for every show. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, then you then you became real DJs, and we were all black. Look at us. There's enough color. There's color in there. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're colors. right. You're right. You're right. We got some white there. That's white's a color. Yeah, no. Black's a color. Who did you guys? I mean, who helped you with this branding? Because like, it's it's so spot on. It's all us. It's yeah, all we, you. we, we really do all... the cover art too for yeah. every. Yeah, we do I, all I do all of our cover. Um, all of our all of our animated videos we do. Yeah, all of um, our merch. All of our merch. Um, we... Some of our visuals we get help with. Uh, our guy Rigo, he kills it. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like, after movies and stuff are our buddy Brandon, usually. Um, but, yeah, like, all the, like, logo design, um, all, like, the whole visual aspect of the brand is all us. Um, which kind of makes it a little more special because, like, yeah, it, it's not like, oh, here's this brand that somebody made for us. It's like, right. here's something that I put, like, hours and hours in. Originally, that logo was just going to be a B and a P. And I was like, wait, but there's a gas company called BP. Like, yeah. I, can't, I can't do that. Right. Um, yeah. It's on like one email address, but it's like our our <laughs> like profile picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I just haven't bothered to change it. 
Yeah, and uh, I like we had like uh, the name birthday party. We've told this on like a million interviews, so we don't yeah, want to sure. go like crazy into it. Yeah. Um, but like the the name birthday party came from, uh, from like a friend that was like, oh, uh, uh, he goes, he goes, I never want to be a DJ, but if I ever did, I'd want my name to be birthday party because who doesn't want to go to a birthday party? Wow. And we asked them if we could take that. Yeah. Uh, that, that happened. But anyways, yeah, that's that's kind of where that came from. But yeah. you know. We, we really wanted to, like, spend time with that, the brand, like, um, the visual concept and, like, the musical concept of it ahead of time and, like, do it right. We had, like, literally, like, chicken scratch notebook pages of, like, <laughs> a couple notebook pages of, like, what we want to do. Yeah. We're like, uh, brass, uh, bass house, uh, dubstep, um, funky, disco-y, house, <laughs> more house. Yeah. And, like, all this, all this shit, like... You know, so we wanted to spend a lot of time and do all these like dumb things that, you know, your English teachers, your creative writing teachers teach you to do, but yeah. you never don't really get like, yeah, uh, you know, you don't really understand it like when they're teaching it to you, but then like brainstorming, you need to go and like brainstorm something. It's like, oh, that's why they've been saying to do this. <laughs> I think teachers almost know that they're like, this isn't hitting now, but years later, I you're think gonna get. Years yeah. later, when you become an EDM DJ, <laughs> yeah, that's you're going to need to do this. That's definitely on their minds. I mean, kids are younger and younger these days saying, I'm going to be a DJ, which is crazy. But Ridiculous. I mean, it's no secret that you have to have a brand these days with music. Like, Some people just have a brand, it seems, you know, and they can make it from there. But when you tie both together, it's an undeniable force. And you guys have, even though lots of different types of music, you know, dubstep, progressive, house, Base house, it's all within what seems to me like under one birthday party umbrella. Thank you. We've tried to keep it like very consistent with the sound of like, yeah, using common elements and like the remixes are what really draw people in, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of regular people, I guess, yeah, you know, yeah. that like aren't huge fans of dubstep if it's just dubstep, you know, like just the remix you just did, uh, Pump Up the Jam. People that was the that Space was Jam remix. Oh, Space Jam, yeah, yeah. Space Jam, sorry, Pump Up the Jam. <laughs> Damn it, I didn't do my research correctly. Yeah. I got a typo on Fix here. Me itching my You've been those questions so for a while, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, it's always been on my mind, man. It's always <laughs> been on my mind. But They're both from Space Jam. They're both from Space Jam. Yeah. Great movie. But, like, yeah. That's like the, 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 the remixes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The remixes uh, are definitely, like, an easy way to draw people in. And there was there was an age where you could really blow up on remixes. Like, yeah. back when, like, San Holo would blow up on these, like, remixes and stuff. It's less so these days because... SoundCloud isn't what it was. Rest in peace. But yeah, um, but we still like the the we still do these kinds of remixes for like the nostalgia. I think the nostalgia mm-hmm. is part of the birthday party brain, and it goes into like we kind of have this like feeling of what are these like mid two thousands, and it goes back to like uh, you know we weren't in high school or were that yeah that we were like middle school high school in, in yeah. the mid two thousands yeah and, like these crappy little birthday parties house parties that you would do and they'd be playing like. Nelly or Fergie or like these whatever. basement parties with your friends, right? Yeah, like, like grinding on the walls and it's that music. Like grinding on the walls, yeah. Like blue jean, so like marks on the wall. This this like days. throwback nostalgia, absolutely to like a certain era. And I think to us it means a lot of like you know, reminding you of a time where you didn't have to worry about shit so much. Yeah, we're all like our, our music is for adults now, but like yeah, know, it reminds us of a time where things were simple. I agree. I mean, you know, I'm same age range as you guys, like. That's why these songs, these remixes, I'm like, like the Cassie, Me, and You, mm-hmm. loved that song. Thank that you. was like the song I had on like my iPod. It was like, every morning. The original books. one? Slaps. Slaps. It really does. Absolutely it's, slaps. Absolutely slaps. Mm-hmm. 
And Cassie's like, babe, dude, babe. That was one of the Step things, it like, up. Oh, God. That was her at Step It Up, right? Yeah, that and Sierra, one, two, step, that cover art, I was like. Speaking of that. Oh, shit. I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking. It might be out next week. I don't know. Are you fucking kidding me? I don't know. I didn't know that. We're still finishing it. I don't know. We might, there, might be, there, might be, there might be a remix that might come out next week. It wasn't planned. <laughs> I mean, so when you watched... Who told you? I know. I know. <laughs> and I swear, just I thought of it. You guys keep your shit pretty low-key. As far as I know. We hate... We would hate... Like, it, it's so annoying when all the people are like, oh yeah, big thing's coming soon, and then like, like they don't do anything, like... Give, give like, a big thing's coming soon, like, once a year, even like, maybe once every six months, mm -hmm. but, like, you don't, like... Like, every announcement does not need a big thing's coming soon, and every no. announcement does not need the announcement of the announcement, like, like... We'll do more, like, ironic, like, here's us announcing an announcement to announce an announcement, like, ironic shit like that, Absolutely. than, like, actually doing this. Like, and yeah. usually it's, like, the next day we say something, it's not like, oh, yeah, next month I got something big planned, stay tuned, like, nobody's gonna remember that. I hate like, that. It's, I don't have that kind of attention. Shit, like that ruins social media. It's a lot of that shit that just like drowns it all out. It's like, what am I even looking at? It's a bunch of like yeah. generalizations. If, if I was more in the habit of trying to micromanage uh, smaller artists, like not micromanage, but like give advice to so many smaller artists, like I used to try and do to help. <laughs> I tried to, but like I, if I wasn't still in the habit of doing that, like I'd be like telling somebody's like, yo, you need to like work on your social media presence. Yeah. Use it, yeah. Whatever. Anyways, that Clean was... Clean it up. Yeah, I agree. Clean it up. But when you guys launched it, I mean, you released a track every two weeks for how long? A year. A year. A year. There, there might have been one where it was like three weeks or something. But, but there, there was, was one where we dropped like three tracks in a week or something. Yeah. That was like, so did you... Or, no, so it was the two tracks in a week and then two official remixes on the same day. Yeah. yeah that was fucking crazy. Oh my God. And nothing seemed mean, rushed. It was and, so much fun. I mean, how much did you have in the bank? We, like, before 20 we launched, songs? we had ten tracks like... I think it was like five or six, like almost done, mm -hmm. and then and then the rest, like of the ten, um, like really just like needed a little bit of like final mix down master. Right, right, right. We had a little bit of a catalog, but towards the end it was rough. My mental health was not good. So I you was felt so rushed. stressed. Yeah. I was so stressed towards the end of it. Um, but but like we're also back on a two week early schedule for the rest of the year. Yeah, the rest of the year for, for fun. How many tracks are out now, including remixes, including? originals something like 40 40 ish it's been it's been about a year and nine months since you started this shit so 36 maybe yeah something like that to release that many tracks is incredible thank you it's it's been fun we're trying to we're trying I mean, to ser your guys sets are all birthday party songs like we're more so even trying to shy away from that at least for like chicago stuff and yeah, we, it's sure. like you know every other show of ours will be in chicago yeah um but we've uh, noticed maybe not every other one of every three. Yeah. I mean, we'll be in Chicago. And we're, so, like, in Chicago, we're trying to play, like, more of, like, a curated show mm -hmm. versus, like, if we're going out playing, like, a festival. Right. Uh, we're not going to not drop, like, we're not going to not drop all. We have. Right, of course. Like, Spring Awakening set from this yeah, year was, like, like, all a ton of unreleased tracks. Right. I think North Coast may have been more. No. So, so. Spring was more original music, yeah. But North Coast, we had more unoriginal, more original tracks, or sorry, more unreleased tracks, less overall original music. Because yeah. North Coast is when we started to like peter off like the overall volume of like uh, our stuff. Like we didn't need to play all of our oldest remixes. Yeah. Um, 
but like we were we were rinsing a lot of stuff. We were rinsing a lot of stuff. Dude, the hangar was fucking packed for that show. That was a lot of fun. It was a great it was a great set. We were there, man. Like it was a great lineup. It was really nice that we got to be like right before the bite this people, which was really absolutely. And then D killed it right for you guys too. It was a great bite this people. Shush. Yeah. He said it on his live stream. We can talk about it. Shush. I heard about it. <laughs> it's going around. I heard it. We'll talk. I have. I have a question on it. All right. We'll get fix it. We'll <laughs> uh, I want to know, like, I mean, I know you guys are twin brothers, but how's your guys' relationship changed and grown since you've been doing this? I mean, you just said like your mental health was in a place. You guys don't really ever produce together. I mean. Yeah. No. Dude, a lot. I don't want to share a studio with him. It's it's rough. <laughs> like like we. I work we, really slow compared to him. No, that's okay. it's not that. Well, so like so. I work really slow and I branch off on all these little tangents. And he's very like right down the middle of the road. He knows exactly how a song is going to sound at the right. end when he's like putting down like that first like Easy. little like drum beat. Easy. <laughs> Seriously though. And for me, I'm like, I'm going to try this, and I'm going to try this. And so I derail him. And then uh, I get, like, because I know he's a better producer than me. Like, he's, he's more technical that. and, like, and, and he's he, he's so, like, like he, he, he makes faster progress. So, like, I get nervous working around him mm. because I'm not like that. Like, yeah. I'm trying all these different other paths, and they're usually not working out. And he, so he's, like, I'm, like, still, like, not even in my drop yet. And he's got, like, half his drop done, and, like, he's on the bridge, like. So, yeah, we, we, we kind of step on each other's toes, but I think that's why it works better when we're apart because, for example, um, you know, I might start a project and it'll be like uh, like a good idea, a good skeleton, but, you know, the drop might not be, like, amazing and it might be a little bit formulaic. Yeah. And then John will, like, you know, take a lot of time <laughs> and, like, add a lot of stuff mess with it a lot, add a lot of content, and then, like, if I take it back, it'll be, like, kind of picking and selecting, like, the best bits out of it, and, like, we end up at a compromise. But if we ever work in the in the same studio, it's, like, it's, it's really it, hard. It ends in yelling. Really? Yeah. So it's not that one of you guys is necessarily better at, well, I mean, is one of you, like, better at drums versus melodies versus... There's different things. Depends. Like, I, I, I'm probably better at melodies because I have a little bit more, like, musical uh, background. Yeah, <laughs> like I can, I can like do melodies like kind of by ear. My muscle memory on a keyboard is crap, but like yeah. I can kind of, if I take a second to try and like figure it out, I can do that. Yeah. Um, like sound design, John's probably better. Um, you know, uh, weird sounds. Weird sounds. Um, you're Just probably better at drums. You're better at drums than I am. I use a lot of foley. But he's better at drums. <laughs> I'm like generally the one that's doing like final mix downs and masters, but okay. it's mostly just like the masters. Like we're pretty equal on like. Mixed down practices, um, and then if I you think you could actually hear like it, like if your room was treated where you could hear the stereo stuff the way I can in mine. I like my shitty KRKs. No, it's it's just the room. Oh yeah, fucking. Um, <laughs> but if you could hear the stereo stuff the way I hear it in my room, it would be game over. Yeah. Cause like it just like little like the one thing that like sometimes Brian will send a track back to me like towards the end so that I and I like do like a couple little things and then send it back to him to like completely finished yeah and it's just like all i have to do is like these little bits of panning like like five mm. percent to one side like interesting it, and it it just like helps your ears separate the sounds so that you can hear like i mean because if you're looking at a band on a stage like the singer's here the drums are here mm -hmm. the the guitar is here the bass here whatever right. like right or, or the lead guitar's here the rhythm guitar's here um and the bassist is hanging out um like 
drinking glue with the with the drummer. Like, <laughs> I'm a bassist, dude. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> There's a big joke in music I, yeah. that like bassists are just I've heard, like, yeah, I think I've not heard needed. That. Yeah. Bass is the fucking most important, if you ask me. But um, I think it's it is the foundation of like that. The drums are like the foundation of the music. Yeah. Uh, but there's that's why it's funny. This big joke that like it doesn't even matter. Uh, <laughs> Definitely fucking does. But that's like hilarious. when you like the reason that the, like hearing a band sounds the way it does is because you physically have these things panned like, moved to one side or the other. And mm. so if you can, any, like, that's why you can hear the diff, like, where different things are. Yeah. And, and so if you do that a little bit with your actual music, mm. or, or with your electronic music, it's, they're both actual music. Um, if you do that with your electronic music, it, it's, it helps separate all these separate elements. And so you can have things quieter and still hear them just as much. Yeah. Which gives you more headroom in your mix. Right. To... To push the track louder and 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 help things glue together. Absolutely. Well, I'm sorry, so, I got off on a tangent there. I love it. I, I got really excited. Love this shit. I love it. I I want to take one step deeper with it because I know when you travel, you guys. How much often do you produce in your headphones? I know you do. Yeah. yeah. I, on planes, I mean. Planes. Um. That's traveling like three hours inter- uninterrupted by myself. It's like prime working time. Yeah. Yeah. So like. So I, I, I'd say I do most of my stuff in headphones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll do, I'll do, uh, the full setup for like, you know, things that where it really matters, like stereo stuff. Yeah. Um, obviously to reference in on a different thing, but, um, it, I'm just so used and it's, it's not the way that you're supposed to do it really. I'm just so used to my, uh, crappy Sennheiser headphones. They're like hundred dollar headphones, but, but I'm so used to them and yeah. it comes out right. Um, I mean, yeah, like, seriously. Skrillex made scary monsters and night sprites on, like, uh, I- old iPod headphones, or I think the MacBook speakers. Yeah, MacBook speakers. MacBook speakers. What? Made, yeah. So, I mean, like, it's really what you're used to and what you can get what a good mix know. of. It's yeah. your own, everybody's got a toolbox, right? It's, it's just what you know, like, because any, I mean, you can put me in the best studio in the world, and I'm going to be like, okay, like, it sounds great, but, like, I don't know how it sounds against, like, uh, like, all of the music that I've listened to in my room, like mm-hmm. where where I where I, I produce music and where I listen to music, like, right? And, and so, like, what good does that do me if it's not like if I don't know, like, oh, this this is good because it sounds like this, and because this I don't know this noisy track has like that same type of yeah. quality, and I know that their sounds are great. Rest in peace, noisy. Um, but yeah, so like the point is like you, you gotta do what you have access to, what you're used to, and uh, you know like we like bring these things with them, which is like a little cord and key. It's like yeah, a little, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's crappy keyboard, but it's got velocity, which is nice. It's nice to have velocity. And Twenty five keys and it, it fits like on a sustain uh, pitch up and down. Um, but like the point is, you need to be able to have like what what is gonna get you producing better. And I have yeah. like I have friends that are like are not even like producing full songs and yet they have like a studio and I'm like, dude, that's sick that you're willing to take right. your whole, you know, you're, you're willing to invest in yourself. And if you're going to be in like a Fort Knox studio, yeah. like that's great that you're willing to invest in yourself, but you having this barrier of not being able to work in your home right. is a huge thing that's going to prevent you from putting in that hour before you go to bed. Yeah. You know, you're not going to drive to your studio before you go to bed right go before you go to work but you know i can wake up if i wake up at 5 30 and 
like can't go back to sleep or it'd be dumb for me to go back to sleep because I have to wake up at 6.30 anyways, yeah. I'll just pop over here and like start working and you don't need to go through. So whatever's going to get you working more mm-hmm. is what you need. And for us, it's frequently headphones. I think that's great advice. I mean, I didn't know that about Skrillex. That's, that's not surprising, honestly. I don't, I don't know where this came from, so I don't know. Someone's got a fact, I guess. But yeah. that seems like something he'd be able to do. For sure. For sure. Skrillex, are you guys' biggest inspirations? <laughs> Um, I, I mean, as much as everyone's, but between like, him and Abstract, <laughs> not, I, I wouldn't say that he's like so. He's yeah. of course an inspiration, but not yeah. like definitely not one of our biggest ones. We're like big into like Abstract, Jaws, uh, Bass Don, Nectar, Dombreski. Dombreski, We really like Adventure more so Club. recently Adventure Club, mm-hmm. uh, Flux Pavilion, and then more so with like newer house artists like Matroda and like Haztec. Uh, but we're talking about like awesome, yeah. yeah. That wasn't birthday party. Though. That wasn't birthday. That was, party. Yeah, that was some other guys. I was gonna ask: Is there Thanks a reason so that you guys didn't do that as birthday party? Yeah, we do birthday party or high five and who cares for stuff that doesn't fit for either uh, branding, uh, budget, or radius of sure. birthday party stuff. So if it's smart. too close to a birthday party show, we'll take it as if they don't want to, you know, if they don't have the budget for birthday party, yeah. or if it's just like not a good fit, like right. you wouldn't want to open up as birthday party. Right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Especially like when you're, I mean, like you're headlining the next week at Sound Bar. Like you don't yeah. want to be like at doors at Spy Bar though, like eight days before. You, I mean, and we also just true. love DJing. Like it, it's, yeah. it sucks to like have to worry about like a radius and like not playing somewhere too much to burn out your brand because like we, we just love doing it. And so it's it, sometimes it's hard for us to like just not do it. I mean, you guys, you guys are great DJs. You and love it. You got that fucking look on your face. When you flip the bass or some shit, I, you both do it. You're like, oh yeah. <laughs> just, it's like, does that even mean? It's like, I've seen you both do it. I don't know, it's mostly I've seen you play at festivals, but when, I, when I'm actually like close and I see you guys, you smile like a motherfucker. It's so great. And so exactly. You gotta, and that's the you gotta encourage people it. if you're playing with someone if, and they're doing something that's good. You gotta be like, oh yeah, that's good, and like that's working really well. This is gonna be good. Like, right. If you're doing like a drop stop and you see it's lining up right, yeah. Then you need to like acknowledge that, and yeah. it's only gonna translate better if you are encouraging each other and like having Absolutely. fun while you do it. You guys like the it's the thing, man. You gotta be an entertainer, and you if yeah. you guys are having fun, like Derek Carter. Huge inspiration for me, like as a DJ's producer, a Chicago guy, and he has this quote that he did recently, and it's like, if I'm not having fun, who the fuck else is having fun? Yeah, and it's true, you know. Because like, there's, I mean, even just in Chicago, there are so many better DJs than us. There's like, so many DJs here; it's crazy. And yeah. but like, technically better, like, technically, technically better DJs than us, and but like, I don't even think that we're that good of DJs. We're really not. Like, we're not doing anything special up there. It's like, it's like, okay, we're gonna cut the lows on the track that we bring in, and like. <laughs> And then we're gonna bring it up slowly. You may look good. And then like, and then we'll, like, <laughs> the jackets. Yeah, it's the jackets. And then we'll just like at the blowout like oh, swap the bass. And then yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And then like we're done. Like yeah. maybe a little reverb. Right. It's really maybe not a like, little reverb. There's so we're really not doing anything fancy. That's why the music production aspect is so important these days because there For are real. so many DJs. For real, we I I can't tell you how many times I've given this advice and someone like hit up hit us up on like. Twitter or even someone that we know personally on Facebook and even if it's someone like that I know personally if they say yo I did this mix what do you think yeah I'd be like I 
don't even feel right giving opinions on this mix unless there's something like blatantly wrong, like they don't okay. have a beat match. Right. If I can listen through, skip, 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 give like two minutes worth of like listening, hear a few transitions, and yeah. I can give you something, sure. Yeah. But I can't, I don't have the time to listen to whole 30 yeah. minute hour long mixes of all the people that hit us up, even if it is our best friends. And like, we don't necessarily value ourselves as DJs. Like, we can give you the basic stuff because we, you know, know the basic stuff. Sure we can give people advice for production and even then it's like not we can't really like take all you know feedback requests all the time yeah um but like you know we don't we don't value ourselves as that good of djs we and we think that production has so much more uh value and you won't plateau as quickly as you do with djing yeah so we'll always try and uh, not that djs isn't a value like it's it's super valuable like as as a performer but a like, tastemaker as a yeah the whole thing but you like but do you want to be like Zebo or do you want to level off like Zebo hit like went crazy with the skill level Zeebo's producer too like true his productions are true right but he like he really like broke the mold as DJing and he doesn't play yeah. most of his stuff he, don't, he doesn't really yeah. play yeah. A, a lot of his stuff in his set and you get categorized as a DJ rather than a producer right and then it's so, hard to get out of that so but he is a really rare case and so we'll always tell people to start making music because there's plenty of DJs and not enough people making music for the DJs there's no barrier to entry with like the ex-DJs these days like you can buy what is basically CDJs for a thousand dollars or whatever it is you know and you can learn you can, you can learn record box you can That's... learn what the feel of CDJs is and you can walk into the club do this for six months to a year have your tracks, work on it, and be good to go. Like that is not the that's not the same as learning how to produce and making your own sound. Like that can take years, you know. Although the monetary thing, if you want to just bootleg everything, not you should not bootleg software. <laughs> uh, but you know, like people can get started for basically free if you want, yeah. and you can even do it with free DAWs. Free free DAWs, free software, free yeah. samples. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a video of, uh, like some guys from Disciple. Like it was like what Virtual Riot. I think Mode Step. Mode Step and, and Dodge and Fusky. And there's somebody. I think one one other person. Maybe the guy from Fairly Alive. And uh, they they put a two hundred dollar computer together and used all free software and it samples. Was and like two hundred dollars for the the computer the whole monitor, setup. the PC, the speakers, headphones, the keyboard. I didn't use headphones. Like, and then free DAW, free free synths. Right. Jesus. And and they're like and then they're like, okay, well let's like let's make some dubstep on it. Yeah. And, and they're what, like, it's like, not like Rusco. Like Jesus. And, and this is in like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean like this laptop was eight hundred bucks and it's decent. It was eight hundred bucks like used and it's decent. And yeah. I added some RAM, added an SSD and stuff. So like, you know, let's like everything that you hear made off a of birthday party my uh, the one like half of the Half of birthday party music was made off a shittier laptop, which is even less expensive. And, like, so for the price of that, you can get everything that you need mm -hmm. and more to right. produce. Right. And, and I think it's just, like, that you actually need to teach yourself engineering and, like, music theory and, like, all this stuff. People don't really realize when there's the stigma of just pushing buttons. I agree. And it, the longevity is something that people don't think about too. It's fun to learn to DJ now and then play in the clubs yeah. and, and it's like get your friends. It's immediate gratification. It's like I'm, I'm playing my first show at the bar. I mean, you guys like you were talking about earlier. Like, remember the first days? I'm like, everybody's gotta come. This is great, you know, awesome. And then you keep doing it, and like that all originally just fades off, and then you're looking for the next thing. And I think that's why people don't last long as just DJs and sometimes producers too, because this shit can take a long time. It can take 
a long time. But if you enjoy it along the way... I mean, we've been doing it, like, really actively for, what, like, five, five six years. years? Yeah. Um, but, like, we've been messing around with it for almost ten. Seriously. I mean, but look at you guys now. Like, with all the productions, I think you guys are a perfect example. I mean, Spring Awakening, you guys are, you know, played the main stage the first year. You just played the Equinox, right, last year? Huge. Well, well as a birthday party, we played the Equinox both times. Right. But Well, you guys have played, you guys individually played. He individually played, and then... Yeah. We played main stage as High Five. Yes. Right. Okay, right. Yeah, you're right. I forgot. But still, I mean, you got to that point. Well, let's not forget... EDC Vegas, I mean, the Corona Electric B competition. Did that when feel is like... this thing, when does this podcast come out? When does this podcast This next week. Next week, like what time? Whenever you guys need. Uh, I mean, we'll probably have it announced by Yeah. Then. So we're, we're doing EDC Orlando yeah. next week. What oh, did we that spoil that to you? Oh, you told me. To you. Yeah, well, it's like, I go, are you yeah. guys free next Tuesday to me? You go, no. <laughs> no we're, like, oh, so yeah, we're we're gonna be we're playing the Corona Electric Beach uh, on the Friday, uh, opening Surprise. it up on Friday. Congratulations, guys! Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! That's awesome. Uh, that's hopefully, they give us awesome. assets to announce by then because we're trying to get that. But uh, yeah. fix that in post. Fix that in post. <laughs> um, so we love the Corona. So yeah, we're doing that one too. I don't know where I think we just came on that topic, but. Festival I mean the shows. I mean, what did that feel like when that when I mean you had a lot of great things going, but the EDC Vegas break. So that feel like oh shit. Like somebody I forgot who it was. They like sent me the contest, and I just like I was like reading through the rules, and I was just like just not really thinking about like mm, submit, um, <laughs> put it in the ground, go. Yep. And then like <laughs> and then I like shared it like guess we're entering this competition. Like, yeah, yeah. It was well, like, we're going to we're gonna annoy the crap out of our friends, and cool, we'll annoy the crap out of our friends, yeah. like, whatever, you don't think. And then we started, like, looking at the competition, we were like, and there's like, some... our votes just, like, it, it, like, right after we shared it, like, because, I mean, we've been so lucky to have the kind of support that we have mm-hmm. with our friends, and yeah. and, and now fans, like, that have known, a, that have, or that have found us through the internet, um, or their friends, yeah. um, and, and that, like, we just kind of, like, all of a sudden, we, like, jumped up to, like, first or second place mm-hmm. um, which wasn't that it was like a hundred votes or something because it was like really early in the competition yeah because there's a lot of like one to five that are all just yeah. right stacked on top of each other um, but we like jumped up it like really really quickly mm-hmm. and, and I was like well I, I guess we're doing this like let's I, I guess we gotta push for it and like we, it was just like keeping pushing yeah. and as it, as it went along we were like okay we're looking at the rules and they're like okay so you need to be in the top ten to be considered mm-hmm. and they're con- gonna be considering uh you know, it's it's all the top ten that are going to be considered. It's not necessarily music. No, they actually first. didn't put a number on it. Was it a mix and a regional track, no, or was it only music? You could put in that, but we just knew historically they're going to want an artist. They're Every not going to want a radio DJ, some 40-year-old radio <laughs> DJ douchebag. Put together the perfect 30-minute mix, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, uh, you know, we were looking at, and there was some, like, really fierce competition that we actually became friends with, like, after, like, these guys from... Shout out Z and Z. Z and Z from Salt Lake City. We started talking because... The homies. They were, they were, like, really up there. I think they were... We they talked were, to, I think, third... Yeah, and, and it was we, like we talked to the people deciding they were like they were like close runners yeah. up or something. Um, they they hit us like Z and Z hit us up on Twitter like, yo like we just wanna like want to like let you guys know we like we loved your tune like and, and like have you guys heard anything about like who, who the winner is? And we're like no we didn't hear anything either like, uh, and so we kind of made this pact like okay like if you hear something like you tell us yeah, if you yeah, hear yeah. something you t- we'll tell you. <laughs> and, it took and, so long. We it was like less than a week 
between when we found out that we were playing that and when we were like on the stage. I think it was eight days before. It was like the Jesus. Thursday before. Oh no, before we went. Before we went. Just that. before we. Yeah. Just over a week. So we had eight days to like figure out our whole like trip to Vegas, like get <laughs> the time off work. They pull you out and everything though, right? Like, yeah, well, yeah. Who was out, put us up. Like, right. Uh, originally we were supposed to like have shuttle passes, but like they had us, they put us in a hotel like really close to the raceway, which was actually kind of awesome. Nice. Um, and so we just like, it was like, rather than being an hour drive back to the strip, it was like 20 minutes. Yeah. Maybe, nice. Nice. Which at 5.30 in the morning is amazing. <laughs> um, like five thirty, leaving the speedway, it's a twenty minute drive. And then breakfast like after abstract, like oh. your legs are sore. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Walking dog barking. That abstract sunrise set though. Ugh. Well, we caught you. a video of our, our, well, I guess we're friends with him now, but because of this video of um, abstract dropping a cage track, we like became shout out cage, cage, cage. Cage is he's awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Oh shit. He's that, a, he, he's got like the releases on like Confession and like Gold Digger and yeah. He's one of our, our favorite artists. But anyway, so, like, we have this picture, and I posted it on my, like, like for personal Facebook, uh, or, um, no, I, I posted on Birthday Party's Twitter, because, you know, we just wanted to, like, share it. It was really cool. Beautiful sunrise set of abstract. Obviously, we had a great view, mm-hmm. and turning, and the sun was coming up, and mm-hmm. it was just, like, a really sick track, and then, like, he shared it, and so we got started talking about that. Anyway, so the point was, like, after... After five five thirty a.m. sunrise sets, you want to be close to the raceway and not have to do like an hour commute. Yeah, because so. for the people that don't know, it has it starts at like eight p.m. or something. ADC Vegas. Four p.m. Because it's it so at four p.m. Because it's so hot though, right? Like that's why they have to yeah. do it. Well, it, it used to be way worse when it was in June. Now it's in May. Right. And it's a lot. Uh, apparently, a lot better. We never went when it was in June, but what uh, a spectacle! I mean, seriously, guys, like it just the that whole festival is just uh, uh, something else. Yeah, the like, scale of everything. Like you don't realize how big everything is until we you didn't really understand. We didn't really comprehend the hype. Like it's not like we didn't get the hype, but yeah. of course, like you hear like EDC the lineup Vegas. is just insane. Right? Yeah, it's you insane. hear you hear the EDC Vegas and like you get it, but like you but don't you really like comprehend like, it until you get there. You think like, the main stage is like the size of like maybe Spring Awakening's main stage, like. Like, which is huge. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's a great stage. I love the stage design this year on the main stage. Yeah. Um, and shout out Spring Awakening. Yeah. Um, and, and, but, like, you get there and it's, like, that would be, like, a small side stage, maybe. Or, like, one of the... So there's, like, two, like, huge stages at EDC Vegas. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, what, three or four, like, mid-size stages. And that, like, that main stage would be, like, a mid-size stage. Yeah. Maybe half just like if you've ever been to Vegas and you think that things are close, you're like, oh, it's only like, three hotels. Oh, let's just walk to the Bellagio real quick, and it's like a mile and a half. <laughs> That's how EDC Vegas is. Oh, you end up Jesus. walking so much. It's... That's what I thought first time I went to Vegas. I was like, I hope EDC everywhere. Orlando is not that bad. That's gonna be big though. We already talked about it on this on this interview. Yeah, no, I I know that. I'm just saying. I hope it's not gonna be that bad. Well, but if it is, it's gonna be amazing. I mean, you crushed, crushed that set so much, they brought you back, right? You played on our car, yeah. the Icarus R car? Yeah. How was that? What's, that was what, a lot of fun. What's, it, like, did they, so you're driving around? It we, wasn't We did not play when it, it wasn't was moving. moving, okay. But, uh... It, it was, was on, like, a lifted-up platform. Those Icarus guys have a crazy... It's, like, this old decommissioned uh, military transport thing that they just souped up. high in. up. It looks like yeah, a freaking yeah. Star Wars... <laughs> Thing, and it's got like a stripper pole on it, or was there a pole on it, or was it just a box? I think there, there was, was a pole. There was a hundred percent a pole on it. Um, <laughs> we had these like teddy bears, like people dressed up in twenty. They had to be performing, 
Yeah, they were performers. Yeah. That were like twerking as teddy bears <laughs> on this thing <laughs> and dancing on the stripper pole. Yeah. And the thing was shaking and we had a crowd all around the set, which is really cool. Yeah. It was cool because like it, it, they told us when we got down, like, yeah, that was the earliest we ever had to like close this, the like stop letting people on the, the car itself. Wow. Uh, because it got so packed. That's awesome. Which is like, it, it's like a cool feeling like, because uh, there's so many amazing artists playing. Right. And it, like, even at the same time, there's like, I, I can't remember who was playing, but it was like, it, like huge artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was cool, like that there was enough people at our set, like that they sh- they, they couldn't let anybody else on, and like people right. still like stayed around for it. That's what makes it so um, special, though, right? People yeah, are people are there. It's still yeah. baffling to us, like that that we're able to like get the support that we do, and we're we're incredibly thankful for it. We're hoping for like a slightly bigger stage next year if we if we go, like maybe like Hopefully a stereo room. Hopefully. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we've been ta- we've been we've been talking with the Insomniac people. I think that their uh, their brand is like a good fit for us. We are a good fit for them, and we're gonna hopefully try and release some more music with them. Yeah, the Discovery Insomniac Project, Records. right? You guys had that track yep. that was released. There. Yeah, the Get Down went on the Discovery Project. Um, that was huge. Yeah, great track too. Like, thank you. Fucking funky. I just I just I hadn't been it had been a little while since I listened to it. I love that you guys didn't start the kick in the beginning until yeah. like for after the first eight bars or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, at the beginning, you're like, what's going on in this song? And all of a sudden, boom. I mean, it was, it was, like, it was such a fun, I think I wrote that track, like, on a flight. Like, it, it was just like, it, I, I, like, found the sample and, like, chopped it up, uh, like, on a flight. And it was like, oh, I only have, like, two and a half hours because I'm flying to, like, who knows where. Wherever. Uh, like, I only have two and a half hours, like, I, I want to try and get something down, like, and, and something that I can, like, take with me or, like, keep working on. And, yeah. Um, it, it just ended up, like, working so well and. Um, Did you write that with the intention to get released on that? Or that was just no, it's just, I just, yeah. we don't write music generally like with an intention to like release it with a certain group or like, um, or like a certain label. Like we just write music that we like. Okay. Um, and so it, like whatever happens with it, great. Yeah. Um, but it was just like, I wrote this on a plane and then like landed, like exported it, sent it to Brian, like, yo, what do you think of this? Like, mm. and it, it was just kind of like. So how did the Odd Mob remix come then? We have been huge fans of Odd Mob for like, yeah, like twenty fourteen. We've been yeah. like playing out a song since then. Yeah. I mean, a spinning records release. Come on, that was unexpected. We thought we we thought it was gonna be like spinning deep, and it ended up like the day of. We found out it's like on the actual main spinning label because oh we, we couldn't find we couldn't find the link. Find the SoundCloud <laughs> link. We're like, we're like refreshing, no. like spinning deep. Like, yeah, where is so, it? Yeah. <laughs> we have, so we've been friends of uh, with Odd Mob just over the internet for like a while. Yeah, um, we're. No, hoping that he's gonna come through to Chicago sometime soon. Um, so we'd known, we'd been talking with Odd Mob for like a while. Uh, he's always fun, always entertaining. Where's he he's from? Cool. He's Australian. Okay. There's some ridiculous talent in Australia. Yeah, in in Australia, okay. there's something in the you water or lack of this. There's so many like like awesome artists coming out of Australia. And you're, it's like it, it feels like what like maybe one and a quarter artists like like or one of every four artists like that's doing like really well is from Australia, right? Mm. There is 10% the number of people in Australia as there is in the U.S. There's only yeah, 30, 30 million Everybody people. lives on the coast. You can't live in that country unless yeah. you're on the coast. So, so he's really cool. Uh, we were close with him, and you know, we've just been keeping in touch and sending each other tunes. And um, this is like a beautiful example of what we'll frequently preach, where um, you know, opportunities don't come from networking. They come from relationships. And when you Absolutely. build genuine relationships that are, you know, mutual and with peers, mm-hmm. you will get these opportunities that you don't even know about. Not Absolutely. that Odd Mob is really a 
pure, I mean, he's like, he's definitely a step ahead of us. I feel like we've interacted as peers. Yeah. Even though professionally, well, absolutely. even it's though professionally, like we're, we're not yeah. in the same tier as him. Yeah. It's not like we're hitting up, like, uh, I, I would say it's not like we're hitting up Jaws or Adventure Club, but like, we, we, we do. We bought them a lot. Um, <laughs> those are like our ones where we'll like, we're, we'll like, you know, we, we interact with them like professionally here and there, you uh-huh. know, support here and there. Yeah. Um, you know, label stuff, but, um, like, we will, are, are a little bit guilty of fanboying over these guys, just because we've been fans for so long, and it's nice, it's nice to, like, be kind of considered somewhere in the professional hemisphere as, as they seem to be. I mean, you've shook their hands, looked them in the eyes, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, like, yeah. you know who we are. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, um, I mean, like, even like on Jaws' live stream, he's like giving us shout outs and like. Oh, I was so cool. And like, that was so, so cool, we were yeah. at North Coast, like walking into like catering. Yeah. Like, after I sat to get some food and like, and, and uh, my girlfriend turns to me and goes, John, look at this. And then like, because I, I was walking in late because I was talking to somebody, typical John. Um, <laughs> I, and she goes, look who it is. And I, I go, and, and I look up and Jaws is just standing there and he just goes, hi. Oh <laughs> and, my God. And so I go over and talk to him. Like, and, and I met him like one other time, like at, at a pop up shop he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like right after he like first supported our, our stuff in his radio show. And yeah. And, and so he like knew who we were because um, one of the like admins, um, or actually uh, all the admins for his, his Facebook, Facebook group, Facebook group, like always share our stuff in there and like they're super awesome. supportive. Um, so he and he like lurks in there. So yeah, of course he'd seen it. Um, he'd he'd heard of us like, um, and and so like it, it's one of those things like they know who we are. Yeah. But it's but we're definitely not like anywhere near the same tier. But right. Bob, on the other hand, is like, we're near the same tier. Yeah. And we've been more interacting, like, as friends for a while yeah. without any kind of expectation. And right. the opportunity came up, and he's like, oh, yeah, we're doing a remix package for All Your Heart. And, uh, you know, we'd love to, he's like, I'd love to hear what you guys got. And uh, it kind of just worked Show out nicely. Show me what you got. Yeah. Edit that post. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's incredible. Seriously, though. That, it's crazy, like, when I went on Holy Shit it was just like weird to talk to these guys but you realize they're just like us it's it's you always hear that you get farther if you talk to them like they're just you know like they're like they're people and that's contradictory to what we said where we admit that we fanboy over certain people but you know it's something but it's just that everybody else retreat it is yeah like i remember i talked to uh camel fat about everton soccer they wouldn't stop talking to me. I was talking like, about I, something other than production. Exactly. We love talking about production, but I can totally see why people that are doing it as a living. Yeah. We're not to that point yet where if we're talking to producers, we'll talk about production. Right. But like these people, if you can find some Try common ground with them. About production. <laughs> if, you can, <laughs> if you can find some common ground with like people yep. on something that's not EDM, because they're bombarded with, oh my God, I loved your set of this. Oh, such a big fan. I have all your merch, which is great. Yeah. But if you find some other common ground with them, that's how you'll like actually like get through to people. That's great advice. I By totally the way, agree. you should go on friendship. Yeah. I'm not. We're not playing. Okay. All right. No, I was like, I I'm, can't I'm handle just, any more announcements right now. Like you guys just are just on fucking fire. That is a great year. lineup. But Seriously, Gary's on the fucking fire. Yeah. Man. It's incredible. But it's a, like a perfect lineup for like me personally. Yeah. Right up your alley. It's a good. Maybe place. a little bit more dubstep would be nice, but like. Yeah. It. I. I really can't complain. Yeah. And they just added golf clap. Like. Yeah. Golf awesome. is the fucking shit too. They're, and they supported your guys' the music. Boys. The boys. 
They're you awesome. You that video when they them. played at uh, that LA festival that Destructo puts on, right? Hard? Uh, AMF. AMF. Yeah. yeah. AMF, which was... I was like, I don't think they played that one. Uh, uh, yeah, they played, it, they played uh, Rewind. Those guys, are, those guys are just like we just said. They're normal guys, too. Yeah, like, they're normal guys. They're, they're super cool. cool. They're super su- active. Yeah, they are. Personable. They've got like a Facebook group that they're super involved in. Oh, I love that. Their Facebook, Facebook group is awesome. It is the best advice. I think I screenshot something to someone every single day. I'm like, hey, we need to remember this. Hey, this is great advice. Like, just it's yesterday. All killer production advice. They're one of the advice. only the, the only Facebook groups that I actually enjoy because everyone's got a Facebook group. And I'm like almost at the point where I don't think that we deserve a Facebook group, but I love our Facebook group. Yeah. But I there's so many people and I'm like, it's not that I don't want to be supportive of like our friends and stuff, but yeah. Everyone's got a Facebook group, and you need. And it's to, literally just them sharing from it's, their page. Yeah, or... them sharing from their page. You need to do stuff in that Facebook group that is like not just you promoting your stuff. They're just doing it for extra reach. You need to use it to build a community Absolutely. that is not like you know. And you, you need other people to contribute to it. You know? I agree. I mean, well, I, my question that I was going to ask next is about your guys' community that you developed. I mean, you guys have a such passion and dedicated following. Somebody like me who wears a shirt on a regular basis, you know. Just They're comfy like, shirts, right? They are comfy shirts. Look, it's a good shout shirt. Shout out Crow and Buyer. It, at the end of the day, it's a great the homies. shirt. Our, our merch guy. It's, our merch it's guy's great. The best. It's great. It's easy. It's fun. It's comfortable. Yeah. And you get, you get people <laughs> talk to you for it. <laughs> yeah. I Some like girl it. at the call that, it's my birthday. <laughs> Not great, honey. Good yeah, like, what are you here for? What are you here for? <laughs> um, no, yeah. I mean, like, we've, we've kind of had, like, a real, like, grassroots fan base um, being that we've been active in the scene in Chicago and we're also like we do a lot of like work in promoting you know you from passing do. out stickers to air dropping our set times to people at EDC in line at <laughs> are EDC. you kidding me so we don't own iPhones but we had like our homies like airdrop little flyers with our set times to people in the lines at EDC Vegas 2018 dude that's awesome and it was so funny. <laughs> It's like it's like the cringiest thing, but like some people were like I one person talked to me was like yo yeah someone airdropped me your flyer yeah a, a flyer with your thing and I'm like yeah that's Hell yeah that awesome. awesome that's one Thank fan you for coming. but like the, like the example of like you know doing proper like leg work in promoting and yeah. building commuting meeting people doing the family picture not right. just on stage but like going out and talking to people yep. and at um, least these like really cool moments like where. We were, uh, who were we watching? I, I think it was maybe Bijou at EDC Vegas this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just like out in the crowd, like hanging out, like passing out like stickers and stuff like to random people. Cause like Bijou, I mean, Bijou is another one of our like good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're like passing out stickers to people that, um, that are at a set, like saying like, Hey, like, if you like this kind of stuff, like come check us out tomorrow, like, uh, or on Sunday. Real shameless. Yeah. We're real shameless. shameless. Okay, yeah. Um, at a point you have to be like just to get your name out there like, yeah um and we so we're just passing out stuff and like and, and um are we talking about Rufio? uh no this this, this year just oh, this year um and so we like we go and talk to one guy and he goes um and we were like hey, yeah like I mean if you like this stuff and he's like killing it shuffling um and, and I go I think it was me to talk to him um but we, I go, hey, like, if you like this kind of stuff, like, uh, come check us out, like, on Sunday, we're, we're, uh, we're playing on this art car, and, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, sure, like, what, what do you go by, and I'm, I, and I'm like, uh, I go by, like, we go by a birthday party, and it's, I mean, it's loud as shit, yeah. it's EDC Vegas, yeah. and you can't hear me, like, I, I go, like, here, like, have a, I give him a sticker, yeah. and he goes, wait, you, your birthday party, 
and and like so I ended up talking to this guy for like twenty probably twenty minutes. Like, yeah. Um, he like knew our stuff and like wow. and, and like named off a bunch of tracks of ours and like he was already like planning on coming to see us. Like, Holy shit. And, yeah. and it was just like some random person we met in the crowd. And it was super super cool. So, like, yeah. So being personable with people, being approachable, which I think approachability is a little bit part of our brand. Like, we're, yeah. I don't know, some people are trying to be, first. like, all, everyone's trying to be all serious, all, like, cool, all badass, all hard, all yeah. spooky. Yeah. And I think it puts up a little bit of a barrier to people. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's a lot into that, and, you know, we might not be able to maintain this level of approachability and accessibility to people if we continue to grow. Um, yeah, of course. But, but, but like, we're, yeah, yeah. We're, that's <laughs> so definitely what we, we've been doing so far. Uh, build a community with our Facebook page has always helped. Um, you know, having, you know, friends that we regularly, like, go to shows, festivals with yeah. become, like, our biggest supporters. And then yeah. we meet more people yeah. that way. And then their Merch. friends, like, they bring their friends around for some stuff and we end up meeting them. And it's just kind of like, that's how things, like, this grows. Like, it's just I, friends. We, you don't really see friends. too much of, of that um, in the city. I've, found uh i think like the axelon guys do a really good job of it yeah they it do. helps that they work with trinium yeah um i was recently surprised at this kid called base ill at spring awakening mm-hmm. uh his name's luke and he had a bunch of he played uh the second stage um the equinox stage at spring awakening mm-hmm. um think the day before we did and I saw like a bunch of people with his shirts and I was like wow like I'd known the kid uh been acquainted with him and like I hadn't heard too much of his music I saw some of his set and he had like a big like big crowd of people a lot of people in his merch and like you awesome. know, people were really supportive so like those two people uh corn and chicken obviously but they're not even like super like local feeling anymore no um, but they're like you've been doing stuff for so long yeah, yeah so so like there, there's not too many. Those are some good examples of other people that I feel like are, have been like actually really putting in the legwork. Yeah. Um, for this, and I don't see too much of that otherwise. Um, I agree. People. I agree. I mean, there's kind of the perception of DJs that. You know, Ao, sorry, Ao. Ao. Yeah. Ao are also doing a lot of legwork. It's important. I mean, dude, you guys do a lot of different things though. It's not just like being at the shows. I mean. You get feedback to fellow artists, which is really important. Your live streams, your merchandise, the experience, the pictures. I mean, you guys literally about fucking earplugs. You gotta protect your ears. I don't have any right now. I wish I would. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> People are gonna fucking wear the earplugs and they'll be like, yeah, this guy's It's right. important. You gave something to them outside of what they normally thought they were going to get. We do that at shows we're not even playing. Like, it's just, yeah. it's literally like, <laughs> we just care about people's hearing. Like, it's, yeah. it's a huge thing for us. Like, I, like... I had a little bit of, like, minor hearing damage in high school, um, and then, like, it, it's gotten, like, basically all better now, but, like, mm-hmm. um, it, it, and, like, going to a lot of loud shows, like, if, if you don't take care of your ears, yeah. I mean, there was a while where, like, before we started really wearing earplugs all the time, like, where, like, your ears are ringing for two days after, and, like, it's fucked. it sucks, and so, and, like, and now it's, I mean, as we've realized that it's super important, like, for just for longevity of listening to music and enjoying music. Absolutely. Uh, we've, we've been trying to preach that as much as we can. Yeah, cause I agree. It, once you lose it, like you can't get it back. I wear them everywhere. Clubs, a loud bar. Movies. Movies, really? Some movies. I, I almost had to do it. At, I the, I saw the Joker and whatever. It wasn't IMAX. It was whatever Regal's version of the IMAX. Yes, that, that was loud, loud actually. For me, it was uh, last Star Wars. Yeah. 
Yeah, you guys, you're right. That Dolby Atmos, or whatever they do in, like, the IMAX ones, too, it's fucking loud, and it, like, penetrates different parts of your ear. You're like, whoa. I didn't know I could hear that. Yeah, what the hell was that? But it's true. Th- thanks for considering everyone's hearings, guys, on behalf of society. But someone's got to do it. <laughs> someone's got to do it. More people, I, I wish they had them at, at the door of every club, because it's, like, they're, like, 20 cents. Like, the cheap ones are the fucking, yeah, the 500, for God's sake. Like, buy that shit in bulk, man. It's probably 5 cents each, maybe. Oh, no, and, like, yeah, I mean, at, like, at the level we're buying, we're buying, like, a couple hundred at a time. Yeah, of course. And it's, like, 20 cents. Well, the ones that we have, like, come in a thing, um, are about, yeah, they're, like, 25 cents a piece. But, like, you can get, we could, for sure, if, if I was throwing shows, I would buy gigantic things of them and just get them out. Yes. So, like, for, a, a, a like, an $8 beer at the club, I can protect, what, 16 people, or 32 people's hearing? Yeah. yeah. Like, wow. It's something that like it's that. it's That's something way more worth it to me. <laughs> it's, it's a little yeah. bit of compa- it's a little bit of compassion that could like go a long way, like and and could make someone's experience, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I, I agree. It's a little things that count with the relationships with the fans. But one thing that I've been asking everybody is, you know, we're going into a new decade. You guys, almost all this conversation has been about you guys build up in the music industry of the past ten years. What do you guys think the next decade holds for electronic music, music, dance music, whatever it might be? 2020 into 2030. Uh, I think, I mean, first, drum and bass. <laughs> <laughs> nice! Um, it's going to come back. Brian, didn't you just play a drum and bass show with Cam? Yeah, I'm doing another one tomorrow. Nice! We're playing the, me and Cam are playing back-to-back for uh, the figure, figure show parking garage party in Elgin. Hell fucking yeah. That's where you play drum we and bass. We love drum and bass. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, drum, bass, and house drum, are definitely... Yeah. Uh, house has been, like, yeah. on this, I mean, house has always been killing it, but, like, it's really, like, starting to... Especially with, like, Chris Lake playing the main stage. Oh, my God. Like, that never would have happened a couple, like, a few no. years ago. Chami, too. Mala. I yeah. mean, those guys are paving Killers. the way. It's crazy. Yeah, and um, I, I've been seeing, um, you know, a lot of breakthroughs in writing electronic yeah. music. Mm-hmm. It's uh, not just like making club bangers all the time. It's yeah. Like they're making songs. Yeah. Um, there's cross there's gonna be crossover from EDM and pop music. Mm-hmm. Which has been happening. Uh, right? which has been happening, but you know, people worrying more about not just like writing a banger, but writing a song that's gonna resonate with people. Yeah. You know, instead of maybe chopping up uh, some old disco record, maybe write a disco record and yeah. chop it up into your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, example chopping up a disco record. You might as well just at me, like. Shit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like, there, there's a lot of things like people that I think are really pioneering. Like, for example, Pretty Lights. And this album was like what years ago? Color Map of the Sun. That's like five, six. I watch this. I watch this documentary so much. Um, mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, the Color Map of the Sun documentary by I'm Pretty not. Lights. You know Pretty Lights, right? Yeah, of course. So he, he he built his sound by sampling soul and funk and uh, like bluegrass uh, records on vinyl. And he would take like breaks and little instrumentals, or if he got lucky with an acapella, um, and he would shop this stuff out of vinyl. And the color map, A Color Map of the Sun was an album where he basically created all this content for himself. And he went around and hired musicians and worked with musicians to basically on the fly write all these breaks and all these short, you know, really sampleable. He basically made music for himself to sample and made a literal crate of like 
like 16 records. 16 double-sided records, uh, wax, that he then sampled and cut his whole record from, all original stuff. And then obviously, like, his crazy yeah, and then modular, like some stuff. modular stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, the whole idea of writing your own things to perform standard electronic music production sampling things mm-hmm. is something that we're, we're really working on, too. So. Yeah. I agree. Not I so much agree. with live instruments yet, but we're, like, you know, writing our own uh, stems to, like, chop up and use and that kind of stuff. I, I think, and, you know, to bring up Porn and Chicken again, when I had Fi on, I asked him that question, and he said live instrumentation, you know, incorporated with DJing, like, yeah. what Porn and Chicken are doing, basically, you know? like Yeah, anytime you can bring something live, it's, it's more than just, like, some CD, like, somebody with some CDJs. Yeah. is always preferable, like, because it, it's just that extra, like, element, that extra musicality, like, yeah. It, and it, I mean, me and Brian have this joke like, if, if we ever play like the main, like one of the two like huge stages at EDC Vegas, like mm-hmm. that, um, we'll each play like a live instrument for one song. Like, nice. Uh, and like for me, it's like I'll whip out like a guitar for like the solo on the get down. Like, yeah, I'm gonna try uh, and do a guitar, but we'll see. He wants to do a guitar <laughs> or something. Like, it's just like some, like, and, and I, I mean, part of me wishes that we were more like that we were better live musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're, I mean, we're not bad, but we're not great. We're probably terrible now, but, like, even at our peak, like, we weren't great. Um, but we were okay. Uh, but it's, it's just ha- that little bit extra that kind of takes things over the edge. I think um, it's it's what makes a lot of these house, like, Gordon City is an example I like to oh, use. Oh, they're so good live. You know, they bring on multiple different live singers that travel with them. It may not be the original singers, but you feel like there. You know, it feels like church almost sometimes, yeah. you know? And, like, seeing them play it live and, like, still drop some house, and you're like, this is the experience I'm looking for. And they're using, like, they're actually, like, using the synths and drum machines. And, yeah. Like, it's just so, it, I, I think they're super cool. They're next level. I yeah. think they're going to be, they're already so on the rise. But yeah. People are going to focus on writing music, I think. Yeah. Uh, less, less so much, less so much the technology of it. So many bangers out there that so many people haven't even heard. And there's always gonna be someone that's better at sound design than you. That's yeah. so true. <laughs> I, I mean, like, and even with like space laces, it just makes me want to cry. <laughs> um, and and that, that to me, just, just kill myself. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, and but those names aren't even like for their quality. You would think that they would be as big as some of these yeah. other guys, but once you get to a certain level, it's less about your raw talent and more about your marketing, your team, your budget. So exactly, yeah, it's so true. Who do you have helping you? But and so like, to be, I mean, well, I guess along the same lines of yeah. like the technology like becoming less important, there are still some really cool like technological things that are coming out, like different plugins that are yeah that are really like making production different and easier. Mm-hmm. Um, More creative technology yeah. rather than sheer technology. And like the so like I think that a lot of the sound of the last probably five years it, it, a lot I mean a lot of our sound has been this one synth plugin called Serum. Mm-hmm. And it's like Fucking it's been up. I swear that Serum itself and this one plug or this one sample company called Cymatics mm. um, are like the reason that Britom happened. <laughs> um, I will take I will I we will love Serum and we love Cymatics. Yeah, I will yeah, say yeah. that to my grave. I am one hundred percent certain that, that, that they I won't die on happen. that hill, but I will uh, absolutely <laughs> die but I'm not saying he's wrong. Um, and like Serum especially was such a crazy uh, 
you know, advancement in soft synth technology, like wavetable technology, all these different types of morphing, advanced FM and all this stuff mm-hmm. uh, built into wavetable stuff, which is like really unheard of. But it was very limited in the sense that there's like, you know, two oscillators, you can FM one on the other one, the other one a little bit of noise, you know, one main filter and then like... And they did a really great synth for learning synthesis. Right. Um, but it's so fixed and like, it's, it's like... But it's not that fixed. It's It's got so much flexibility, but like, the way that There's, people are using it. The is, way that people yeah. are using it is so like, it's so boxed in like, this is how you use serum. Mm-hmm. To, to, and like, everybody's using it to get like, their sounds and like, it's very like, set like, oh, I, I, I can, if I want that sound, I can just go find a serum preset for it. Like, some of these are true. Yeah. Um, but we found this new synth, well, I, we didn't find it, it's, it was, it's marketed and it's, it's out there. It's called Phase Planet. Mm-hmm. We've been having a lot of fun with it. Shout out Kill Hearts. Uh, yeah. Big shout out to Killahearts. <laughs> Made a great synth. Um, and it's, it's like, it's like if you could have like a rack of serums and like all running through the same effects and like, and, and you put unlimited effects in there and like, it's, it's basically super the cool. natural progression of technology where it's less boxed in and more about how you use it rather than using something in the way they want. In the way that that synth is kind of like, it's not your classic like, uh, Con- like oscillator filter mm-hmm. uh envelope and um and then effects like it's it's which is that's like the classic like subtractive synth um like architecture um mm-hmm. phase plant or phase 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 plant um okay, check that out. it's super cool we did a live stream on it if you want to look at it. okay there's like a like a synthesis for dummies like basic synthesis. oh that's what it was. okay gotcha yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um and so it like just the things that you can do with that, and like it's make some of the nastiest like neuro bases that you could ever that you could ever like hear. Mm-hmm. But it can also do like these really like gorgeous like super saws and like these very like classical style like strings and and it's 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 I think that because it's not just so focused on like bass synthesis like I feel like serum isn't yeah. not that serum can't do other things but like yeah it's, the way that people are boxed into using it is like it's a bass synth yeah. Um, if serum contributed to rhythm, then phase plant is going to contribute to the rise of D and B. Yeah, and then and, and also whatever comes like in, in the next ten years, like yeah. I, I feel like is gonna be shaped by a little bit more of the resurgence, I should say. Yeah. And maybe the rise in the US because we haven't really peaked in, in the US for D and B yet. Yeah. No, it's but it is, it's picking up. Dude, the RL Grime just dropped like a couple DNB tracks in his Halloween mix that was yeah, like I just haven't got a chance to listen yet. Ooh, it's good. Ooh, mm, it was good. Person, can he do anything wrong? No, he can't. He's the fucking best man. Like, anyways, but yeah, like the tastemakers are starting to recognize that. I agree. Uh, I agree. We're seeing a lot of changes, but again, I want to just acknowledge you guys for everything you've done. You're on the rise still, and it's so cool to see, man. And you guys are still so humble, so kudos Thank to you. you. But so we got, by the time this comes out, we're good to say this, EDC Orlando. Yeah. Sure, whatever. Screw it. Who knows if we'll have assets, but yeah, it'll be, we'll be. You'll be there. You'll yeah. be there. Do we know we'll you like time packing, yet? but it, I mean, if this comes out a week from, or if it comes out a week from today, we'll be down there already. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, it'll come out a week from today, then. We'll yeah. call it that. Or Wednesday, maybe. Okay, we'll but do Wednesday. Then I'll be packing for our shirt down there. Like, there we whatever, whatever works. Uh, but yeah. And Sorry, you got, and good. you got, uh, no, you good. And you got Bite This release. Yeah, Bite This release next year. Amazing. In the spring. Does that mean you're going to be on the Aragon lineup then? For I, I don't know. That's to yeah. be determined. I think 
we're we're, kind of we're tr- our, uh, trying to plan a birthday party's birthday, birthday party. party. Yeah, birthday party's birthday party. Which is really close by March 7th. Uh, and it's so, be like the 6th. Yeah. Locks in. So we don't know how that's going to work. We would love to be on that lineup, but obviously no one's asked us yet. But, um, you know, we would love to be on that lineup, but we also really want to do a birthday party's birthday party. Yeah. I don't know how it would work if we would do both. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that would be cool. Well, any other shows coming up then? Not in... Not in Chicago? Chicago, no. No, not really. I mean, we've got... We're... I mean, we, it's not exactly Chicago, but, like, we've got a show in Missouri in the books. We've got a show in... Kansas City. Uh, St. Columbus. Louis. Columbus, Ohio. Where in Missouri? Yeah, Kansas City. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, That's huge. Headliner? Of course. Yeah. We're uh, yeah. going back down there. We, we played down there for, like, over the summer. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Shout out Alfredo. Shout Alfredo out is the, the guy that ran the... the um, uh, the the promotion company out there and it was his birthday for our, for the show so we uh-huh. go back out there for him. Nice. Uh, another promoter that uh, booked us um, is our first headlining show actually um, out in Columbus, Ohio. Uh-huh. We're playing out there for I think it's his daughter's twenty first birthday or something. Like that. <laughs> what? That's so amazing. So playing his daughter's twenty first birthday out there. Um, what we've got guys like? Something it could become like birthday parties at like these things. Is was that a, is that just happening? That just happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's kinda like 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 promoters are like, oh I should birthday party for my birthday party, like show it to the camera. It's yeah. always someone's birthday. And it's just people? And it's just grassroots like, marketing right here. <laughs> and, and it's just like <laughs> I mean it's just kinda one of those things like, oh it's like I should we should book a birthday party for my birthday, ha ha ha. But like actually oh, like real. I bet here's a contract. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I've been wanting to do this for a while. So Absolutely. I really, really Thanks appreciate it. You got to man.